Welcome to the Journey of a Misfit with Valerie Hayes and Katrina King. How can I not be judged when your spirit's in this place? How can I not be moved when you're when you're around me? Hey, welcome to Journey of a Misfit. This is Valerie. This is Katrina. Welcome back. I hope you guys had a great week. This was a really good week because it was Thanksgiving. So for some of you, I'm sure you were with your family, friends. For some, that's a blessing. And for some, it was probably (laughs) really stressful. So how was your Thanksgiving, Katrina? Ours was wonderful. We we went to my sister's house and our family, not all of us were able to get together this year, but that's okay. We started a tradition a long time ago where, and there, this was mind you, when there were probably 35 of us all together, and that's just immediate family, and, you know, nieces, nephews, my mom and dad, and my sisters, and my brother, and all of their families. And we would go around the room, and before we would say our prayer, you know, mm-hmm. for a blessing for the for the meal, we would all go around and we would say what we're thankful for. And it just, we've, we've always done that. And it's always really brought it into perspective, because almost all of us have always said for our family because we have such a I believe an unusual family that's an an interesting way of describing your family (laughs) well yes 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 we are unusual we are you have an amazing family actually I that's what I mean that we're unusual because we're all there my whole family is amazing I've been trying really hard to get into the Abbott clan for a while (laughs) come on in I've weaseled my way into a few of their family events but well, you're more than welcome. Randy was always bringing a homeless guy to miss to uh, from Misfits when he was downtown. He was, yeah. We always had at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. So, did you happen to see the video that um, a friend of mine from work posted on my Facebook page that um, that was uh, the video where the couple gets up in the morning and they're like wrapped in wrapping paper? Yes. And did you? Wasn't that the coolest video? Yeah, I think that's going to be. Is that's that, going to be Saturday's. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, so this video, it's really cute. I, and it just really got me thinking about how, you know, we really, we're so blessed in this country. And we say this all the time, that we're so blessed, like, especially materialistically in this, you know, with materialism mm-hmm. in this country, just with the resources that we have. And, and, and it's just, I think we forget to, to stop and pause. And I once heard it said, what if you woke up tomorrow and you mm. only had the things that you thank God for the night before? And that's a real challenging thing to consider um, how often we go through our day and we really don't give thanks for the things that we have. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think more importantly, giving thanks to God for the things that we have, because I think often we tend to think everything that we have is by our own doing and by our right. own works. And it's um, not. And really, but God is the one that gives us those things. He gives us those abilities. He puts things in our in our place. Yeah. And, and obviously, there are people who don't know the Lord and or can still be successful, but it's still God. I mean, God, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know. I just... I get to th- I thinking a lot about just a, a being being thankful and having a thankful heart. There was a song that I sang probably, gosh, 25 years ago, 23 years ago. Um, and we did it as, you know, we, we went to a Baptist church, so we did it as the special. And it was, um, the, the words were, thank you for the things that I've never thanked you for. It's not that I am ungrateful, it's that I'm forgetful, Lord, so I'll thank you for the things I've never thanked you for. Mm. And I've always remembered that. It's, um, I guess, it's, I think the song, the name of it is Thank You. But there's so many blessings that we get. That we that, And I love that video because it was basically treating everything as we should in our lives 
wives as a present. It was all wrapped. Your wife right. was, pre- you know, his wife was wrapped. Yeah. His briefcase was wrapped. Yeah. His, his coffee kids, was wrapped. Yeah. Everything was wrapped. His keys. And he was so excited. He's like, yeah. oh my gosh, I got coffee. This yeah. is so awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and scripture talks about, um, I don't remember exactly, I should know this, what scripture it is. It says, you know, like, do not be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. um, greeting each other with songs and Psalms and Thanksgiving. And I feel like that is when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're full of gratefulness. You're full of thankfulness because you realize where everything comes from and it comes from God. All good things come from him. So I'm just, you know, just my bucket is pretty full after spending the the week with family and just really reflecting Mm -hmm. on this time of the year having um, time off of work <laughs> a little bit of extra time off of work I, I i really needed that the two days at work were something else so um yeah. ephesians 5 is what you're 518 okay mm-hmm. thank you i should okay. know that but thanks read that do you have it up yep oh you want just the 18 whatever don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life instead mm-hmm. be filled with the holy spirit so let's go on after that and we know that for a fact that being full of being drunk and full of wine can ruin your life for sure We've seen that. And yes. God can redeem that, too. We've seen that. We've seen yes, beautiful redemption come from people who have struggled with that. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of yeah. reverence for Christ. For yeah. wives, this means, yeah, then it yeah. goes. Oh, don't go into that whole wives, husband submit thing. No, I'm just husband. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you guys stop right there. Yeah. I asked Robbie the other day if I was a submissive wife. Did he laugh? Yes, he did. Very loudly. <laughs> you know, that would be a good topic for us to talk about at some point. Being a submissive. Well, just the word submission. I mm-hmm. think that. And what it means. I think that, I think once we grasp what that means, it, that verse is not so scary. Because right. that used to be a verse that really would just, it was like a, ugh. Like, mm. It was almost offensive when, because it was always men that said it. It was never a woman yeah. that would say that. It was when, always a man that would yeah. say it. And it wasn't until I, um, I read this book book um and it i mean like something about the title was about submitting and i was like but but i read it and and what god revealed through that book to me was that until i can learn to submit to authority over my life whether that's bosses whether that's the government whether that's leadership in church you know whatever Mm -hmm. it is that i'm really fully not submitting to god because i have a rebellious heart i have an independent spirit and so until i can fully submit under someone I'm not really going to know how to submit to God. Why are you giggling? Because it just is so me, too. That's so you? I don't even think so. I'm not going to do all that. Yeah. So I get to work, and they're like, well, we need to do this this way. I'm like, I'm not doing it that way. It doesn't work. Mm. And that's not, I mean, I know that it doesn't work. Right. So do I have to do it that way? Because I don't want to do it that way. I think it's, you know, I'll tell you what I've had, and I don't know if my bosses will ever hear this or not, but I know that there have been times where I've said to my bosses, you're my boss, and that means that I'm under your authority, and I will submit to whatever you say. But I would like to tell you how I feel about that, because I feel like this isn't the best thing to do. And it's amazing how when you say, I'll submit to your authority, they just are willing to listen more mm. than, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you come with like, well, that's just stupid and I'm not going to do right. that because then, yeah. So I, I mean, it, it works. It's it's worked for me. Um, it's benefited me. And I, and of course you don't do it to benefit yourself, but it's benefited me and worked out better mm-hmm. when I've been that way. We used to go to the marriage conferences yeah. a lot. And there was one that we went to, there were probably 200 couples in there. So about 400 people. And the guy got up and, and it was the, it, I don't even remember 
how he, but it was the it was the cool he first of all he said he was talking about he went to the ephesians 5 where it says submit and he said that and he he was reading it and it said submit and he stopped and he went well i could tell you that 200 of you just bristled in yeah. your seats and the yeah. other 200 just smiled yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it was and but he the way that he kind of like what you said right. it's not it's it's not something that's supposed to be bad or no and it's not that doesn't mean i have to be a doormat Right. And it doesn't mean I have to be submissive to sin. Right. Well, it's interesting because I remember, um, you know, because the other thing that you have to be really cautious about there is, you know, we know that there are people out there who are in abusive relationships. And we also know that there are people who will use scripture to abuse. And that's never what it was intended for, you know. Not at all. And even if you think about Hitler, like he was a man put in authority, but God's law trumps Right. The authority that's uh, you know i mean yep. even daniel shadrach meshach and abundago i mean they all went against the authority that was telling them that they needed to bow down right to king nebuchadnezzar or whatever his name was um you know so i think there's enough in scripture that shows us that yes we're supposed to submit to whatever authorities are put before us however god's law trumps those things so yep. if the authority that's over you is telling you to compromise morally then yeah you absolutely should not submit absolutely. Um, or if a person is over you is is telling you to do something that is that is going to hurt you or be harmful to other people absolutely you shouldn't be submissive to that i mean so i think that's i think that that's a pretty clear thing but i know I know of people who would question that, and I, I know of people who have been abused because they're not willing to say, I, it's not okay that you're doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to say that today, that God never intends for us to be abused or to break His laws Mm-mm. to be under authority of someone else. Right. He gives us absolute freedom, freedom to walk in His in His laws his perfect laws and and his laws are love you know and so anything apart from that uh, you have to be real cautious about that and it doesn't mean you don't have a voice right so i think there's a lot of women that think if i do this whole submissive thing then i don't have a say i don't have a voice and that is absolutely not true right there are some really beautiful pictures of of marriages Mm -hmm. out there that Mm -hmm. are perfect not perfect obviously no no relationship is perfect but that are um awesome pictures of what that really looks like and and submission doesn't mean oppression no it shouldn't and if it does then it's something's off and again you cannot forget the part the role that the man has right and that is to submit to the authority of jesus right jesus submitted to the father to death right Right. like so that has to be in place and and gentlemen that are listening right now i just want to tell you there is nothing can i say sexier yeah. Okay. Oh, you just did. PG-13 show. That's okay. There's nothing sexier than a man who's crazy about Jesus, who cries when he talks about Jesus, and who loves his wife like Jesus loves. Mm-hmm. I promise you, if you treat your wife that way, it will be very easy for her to just be sub- submissive to to letting you lead. Mm-hmm. Um take the lead in everything in your house. Um, that doesn't mean that she doesn't have a voice. That doesn't mean that you don't lock arms and do it together. I had a conversation just last night, actually, with a young lady who's just four months married. Aww. And we were talking about, you know, just how she was doing in her marriage. And, and I said, you know, I heard this illustration recently about how God takes two imperfect people and puts them together perfectly. So your weaknesses and his strengths come together and his weaknesses and your strengths come together and they make one complete person. The two shall become one. So when I think about John and I in our relationship, definitely his strengths are not my strengths and my strengths are not his strengths. And he has weaknesses. I have weaknesses, but together it's like we, we level each other out, you know? Um, and that's, I think that's a perfect, 
a perfect picture of <laughs> marriage, you know? So anyway, I kind of wanted to talk about something that God revealed to me this week that just kind of wrecked me. And so far, everybody I've, I've talked to about it didn't really know this. And so I feel like I need to share it. Oh, you this, know? yes, I guess, yes, yes, um, I love this. So I was, you know, as we're in a season of just being thankful and we're going into the season of Christmas where we're reflecting on Christ leaving heaven to come to earth, leaving perfection to come down into a mess as a baby and and we're celebrating that but ultimately i when i think of that baby i think of him on the cross i think of that little baby on the cross and i think about what he did on the cross so um just so much to be grateful for in the crucifixion of jesus and so i was reading in the end of matthew when matthew chapter 27 verse 32 and it says as they were going out they met a man from cyrene named simon and they forced him to carry the cross they came to a place called golgotha which means the place of the skull there they offered jesus wine to to drink mixed with gall but after tasting it he refused to drink it and i'm just going to stop right there because i've read that a million times maybe not a million times but i've read it hundreds of times and i never really stopped to think about what gall meant and i felt prompted to look that up and so i looked up what gall is and, it, and it's kind of interesting because is it gall g-a-l-l g-a-l-l right? and that jesus that he refused to drink it and so just kind of doing a little bit of research and i would challenge you guys to go research it so basically the roman soldiers used to mix different things with their wine and what they would mix was it was kind of like to dull the senses you know to um like they would do like a poppy and and Which wormwood is, and yeah. um and so basically all of these different things that they would use would be to numb the pain right right so like an opiate kind of thing like well poppy is opium right opium is poppy right yeah. so i i heard that I, I read that and i was like because later you know in, in another account he they offered him just wine you know when he said i'm thirsty and he took of it um, but when he tasted the gall it says when he tasted the gall he refused to drink it and I was just, I was really just broken by that because I, I realized that Jesus didn't dull his pain when he was on the cross. He could have, you know, he could have taken that, mm -hmm. but it was almost like he wanted the fullness of that to feel every bit of it. And and I was just, I, I mean, I lost it. I was just bawling. I couldn't believe that, that he would do that, you know? And, and it was at a time when I was just kind of thinking about suffering, you know, and how, how hard life can be and how, um, how we we go through this life and we hurt and and we do things to fill that hurt to numb that pain we all have our things that we do we go shopping we eat we we veg out on tv we do drugs we do alcohol we do sex we do we all do things to numb the pain that this world gives us but yet jesus did nothing to numb all of the pain that we would ever have hmm. right that's crazy and that we can't, you know, and for me, I was kind of challenged, like, why do we run from suffering so much? Why do we run from pain so much, especially in this country? Because I know that when we go through hard times, that's when the most growth happens, right? It's kind of like those valleys. So anyway, I just, I want to challenge you guys to, to look into that and, and see what scripture says about, see what research tells you about gull and about Jesus refusing to take it and that that just to me was a whole new level of wow mm -hmm. just a whole new level of his absolute conviction <laughs> his conviction that he had that he was going to the cross and and then i think about just a couple chapters before that when he was in the garden of gethsemane and he was sweating blood knowing 
what he was going to have to endure. Like he knew what he was going to have to endure. And yet he still, even when offered a little bit of relief, he refused. He totally refused. And that just blows my mind. Like I can hardly contain it. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. For being the perfect savior, Mm -hmm. because he really is the perfect savior. Like none of us could have ever done that. I can't do that for you. No one can do that for us. Only he can. He was the one who had to die um, and take all that pain. There was a I don't remember what, where it was, or if it was I was watching a show, if I was reading something, if I was at a Bible study, and it was, I I don't remember, but they were talking about when, at the very beginning of time, when they were deciding, okay, so who's going to do this? Who's going to save? And you know, you you know, you had them sitting around, and well, them being Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Spirit, and whoever it was, Jesus, and they said, well, Jesus said, I'll go. That wrecked, and it was just those two words that wrecked me. I'll go. What? Oh my God. And knowing what it was going to happen, yeah. knowing what he was going to have to endure, he chose. Yeah. I'll go. Like, I'm not, I can't even go down the street. Right. I'll go. And I don't want to, like, guilt people. This is this is me just preaching to myself, too, because I, I know there have been so many times where, like, I will just complain, like, oh, gosh, I just, I don't, I don't want to go to church, or I don't want to, I don't want to read my Bible today. I just want to veg out and watch. And I think, you know, to myself, he's worth it. You know, mm. he's so worth it. And everything in comparison to him is just, it's minor league, you know what I mean? But yet he still allows us to be blessed. He still allows us to have joy and to laugh and and have Mm -hmm. fun. And you know, like it's a good life. It's just a good, good life, even in the midst. And I I know we always say this, that even in the midst of, of trials, we really can find joy. We really can find peace. We can find those things. Just knowing that Jesus saw all of this before it happened. You know, he saw it all and he still said yes. He still went. Not only did he say yes, but he said no to re- reducing the suffering. The suffering. You know, so how can we not say yes when he calls us out of our comfort zones? Some of you right now are being challenged to get out of your comfort zones with your faith. Just do it. Just, Just step out. You can't expect to walk on water if you're not going to get out of the boat. You got to get out of the boat. Yep. That's right. I take the bread of life. Your body crucified to make me whole again. I will recall the
that song Val thanks for that um we introduced that actually we had a worship evening worship night last couple weekends ago a couple weekends ago and I was I've been involved in stuff like that well I mean when we went to Kenya that was Mm -hmm. pretty cool but Mm -hmm. I've been involved in stuff like that here but I don't think to that magnitude that was a very special night and we got to sing that song and that was I, I I would challenge anybody that's listening to stay tuned because I'm sure that we'll have another one yeah, and will. be involved because that was just an evening of wow yeah it was really more than I expected I Me mean too. and God always does that mm-hmm. you know he kind of gives us a little glimpse of what he he would like and then as long as we don't overcomplicate it or get ourselves too enmeshed in it right it, it's bigger and better than it could ever be so it was, it was really beautiful I loved and not that we need affirmation but I loved having people come and say wow you know I I was because one of the things I was praying for was people to have broken and contrite hearts before the Lord you know like to Mm -hmm. come and actually to come not just to sing Mm -hmm. um, and visit with people but like like come and meet with your Savior come and get at the feet of Jesus and listen and wait and expect to hear from him and there were several people that were like wow I got so much clarity I got this mm-hmm. and, and I and and you know and it was nothing I did it was it was the Holy Spirit it was just it was everyone coming together intentionally to say okay we're here God we want to hear from you yeah it's on Facebook live we did Facebook live did so you Facebook can catch it on our it? on misfits for Jesus Facebook page yeah yeah so it was pretty cool and and really we're open to I mean I feel like the, I feel like there's people all over the country who are getting together and, and worshiping and, and wanting to encounter God and have a have a time with him and, and we're open to hear from people you know mm-hmm. if that's something that you're wanting to do at your church or you're wanting to get that started I just think that more than just coming to church for 90 minutes once a week when you take two hours of your time 
and sit at the feet of Jesus and worship and pour over scripture and pray, you're going to hear from him. Mm -hmm. It's going to change your life. Things are going to break off in your life that need to be broken off. You're going to get clarity. It's just going to happen. Mm -hmm. And and we get stuff when we go to church. It's Church is a beautiful thing. But really, God wants more than 90 minutes a week right. of our time. Right. He wants more than 90 minutes a week of our time. Well, so. it'd be like preparing for a marathon but only eating snick snacks or, right. you know. Right. Licorice every now and, and really, again. really, we have to think about God's word and spending time with him. He really is our life source. You yeah, know? that's what I mean. He's, you've got to. Yeah, you can't be sustained on, you know. 90 uh, minutes a week. Yeah. No, you can't. You've got you to get into the word more, get get it, get the word into you. and um, Even if it's a drip. If, yeah, I remember when drip. Randy said that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Don't be a drip. Be a faucet. <laughs> yeah. Be a faucet. Well, I mean, even if you only have a drip, start with a drip, drip, drip. Yeah. And then hopefully open it up, open up the faucet more, open up the valve more. Totally. So um, just one more thing I want to just put in your hearts and minds before we close out is um, just a word for you to be thinking about this week. Maybe we'll, we'll touch base on this one next weekend because I know this is the recovery word that, that they talked about this week. Um, the word conviction. Mm. Because, you know, we have beliefs, we have ideas, we have rules that we live by, but I think convictions are a little bit more. You know, when I, when I think about you can go couple different ways if you think about like the convict you think about the law um, a person who's been convicted has been found guilty right the evidence is all against them um, they're guilty um, as charged <laughs> and I think that we have to think about in our lives what are our convictions what are we standing for and then the thing I want to challenge you to think about so this is what I did this week I, I wrote out five things that I could look back like say on the last five years of your life okay or maybe your whole life, but just focus on the last five years. What are five things that you've just really stood for? Like this has been unwavering for you. Mm. What is it? And then I want to challenge you to find scripture that backs it. Because what you might find is there might be some things that you're standing on and some convictions that you have that are actually not grounded in God's word. Or maybe they are. And that's a beautiful thing. Some people's convictions are just to party as much as they can, to have as much fun as they can you know, to make as much money as they possibly can. I mean, you know, things like that. People that are driven by things, that this is their whole life. This is what they think about, eat, sleep, and breathe. So I want to challenge you to think about what are your convictions in life and how are they rooted in God's word? And then maybe next week, Katrina and I will share with you what we came up with our five convictions were <laughs> in life. And and I really, you know, um, as I was doing this, I had to really search, have the Lord search my heart because um, there was probably some things in my life that are more self-serving. And so I want, you know, I wanted to, I, I needed a little surgery in my heart when <laughs> yeah. I did that. So well, they, and the, yeah, well, I was just going to, the definition of conviction, there's mm -hmm. two. Okay. And the one is the formal declaration that someone is guilty of a criminal offense. Obviously, that's the first one that you were talking about. And then two is a firmly held belief or opinion. And that's the one that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So think about, you know, your what are your convictions as far as your journey goes with Jesus and just in life in general and how can we infuse more of God into those convictions? Okay. So it's been a great time talking to you guys again. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Mm -hmm. Open your eyes around you. See Jesus. He's everywhere. See the Lord. He's in all things. Ask especially this time of year. Yeah, especially this time of year. Ask him just to show up in a mighty way. And I'm just going to pray that for you guys. And hey, if you ever want to reach out to us, feel free. Valerie at mercieshope.net and Katrina with a C 
at misfitsforjesus.com. Also, stay tuned to our 10 o'clock program here on the radio program for the Misfits, the guys, Misfits for Jesus radio program. They'll be coming up in just a few hours. So, And they're going to interview some uh, really cool. Yeah, yeah, they are. So you guys have a great week. Remember, Jesus is crazy about you, and we'll see you next week, guys. That's all. Is like a